Hey guys, uh, welcome to Katie Lounge. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Emily Pilmore. She's uh, the packed language lead for Katina. Hey Emily, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is my first official Kadena podcast, specifically nice. about Kadena things. So I'm, I'm stoked to do this. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff you did for uh, Haskell. Um, so if it's the first for Kadena, I'm proud that we're doing it first than anyone else. Um, so before we jump into Kadena and all of that stuff, I wanted to try to get a little bit of uh, about your background, how you got here. So if you can just go uh, do a small rant about how how you got into into what you're you're doing now, into into crypto or into tech or crypto, I think crypto would be would be would be cool because probably not something you talk about a lot, right? So if you can you can go there that way, it would be would be nice. Um, okay, so originally uh, we can start this. You know, just after university, I ended up with a degree in mathematics. And I was looking for a job and the only things available to me where I was, which was Salt Lake City at the time, uh, were sort of back-end financial office type jobs. So I ended up getting my first job uh, at Goldman Sachs as uh, an associate analyst uh, working on FX derivatives and sort of like options trading stuff. Um, I lasted about four months at that job <laughs> because <laughs> it really sucked and I was commuting like an hour and a half by car every morning and we started at 7 a.m. because you know we wanted to be uh, at New York's 9 a.m. when we started uh, so it was just really terrible <laughs> so I was getting up at like 5 a.m. To, to go to work to make like 17 bucks an hour which just wasn't yeah <laughs> wasn't and eventually I kind of stumbled into, so while I was on the job, I was, you know, I, I was a hobbyist programmer at that point. Uh, I had taken like one or two courses in university and I just, I was like, this sucks. I'm going to get a cushy sort of like software engineer job where I don't have to try as hard <laughs> to show up on time. And maybe even, you know, get remote work. Hey, that'd be nice. Uh, and I ended up um, teaching myself Java and OCaml and Scala, um, and eventually turning that into a, or in C++, and getting good enough at it that I could justify um, applying my math background and some of that knowledge uh, mm -hmm. to a second job in New York City, where I happened to just score a position as a consultant um, for a place called Boston Consulting Group, um, specifically its tech wing. Uh, which was doing a lot of model validation and sort of white paper engineering stuff um, for various banks around New York City. And that was fantastic. Um, but still finance. I wanted that programming job. And eventually I made it my way to uh, Bank of America, um, where I started working on the reference data pipelines and sort of core internal data infrastructure. Um, and that's where I learned how to program in a functional sense. Um, okay. for realsies this time, not just as a <laughs> hobby. Um, and eventually just, you know, swapping back and forth as millennials do, you know, every nine months for a new job, I landed at a place called Disney, um, specifically a place called BAMTech, which was being acquired by Disney, uh, okay. working on very large distributed systems, or sorry, centralized systems that were 
highly distributed, um, rather, uh, working on sort of sports network stuff. So how do you uh, handle the real-time data analytics and ad tech for things like ESPN, you know, things like Major League Baseball and NFL and, and that kind of thing. And that's kind of where I really um, solidified my knowledge of how to work on very large systems Mm-hmm. as well as get started with my open source work, uh, I ended up maintaining the largest sort of functional programming uh, pr- project in Scala, among other things. And eventually, for various political reasons, got really, really over the whole Scala thing um, <laughs> very quickly, uh, particularly due to my manager. Uh, and I decided, you know, forget it. I'm just going to, I mean, I've heard about this Haskell community and how they have great people. And there were some very Haskellly adjacent people on the projects that I had worked on. Hmm. And I started asking around kind of like, what am I going to do? You know, how do I transfer my skills here? And they kindly taught me how to program uh, in Haskell. Uh, and good enough that uh, at a particular conference, I met these Kadena guys and I said, oh, you know, I know some of the names uh, of the people that were doing the recruiting. And I was like, I would love to work with you and uh, join them in 2018. So uh, it was just... At that point, there was no crypto experience in the mix? None whatsoever. But there was a finance background. So Hmm. I did understand the idea of what it means to be a currency and what it means to be fiat versus... Uh, sort of like asset-backed versus cryptocurrency. Um, but the Kadena guys weren't really focused on uh, crypto knowledge per se. They were more focused on the blockchain as a distributed system. Mm-hmm. And how do we get this nice distributed system up and running with these features that define it to be a blockchain, right? So things like decentralization and you know reproducibility and and the sort of like general Merkle structures that, that compose it. Um, and I really appreciated that because it gave me room to understand more about the cryptosphere as uh, a newcomer and then eventually as somebody who knew more than a newcomer, as somebody who worked on the blockchain, uh, and then as somebody who could see the ecosystem as a whole growing from basically inception to launch over the course of uh two years so okay. and now of course you know four years later i'm still here yeah. so. <laughs> great great story great backstory um and so you you, you mentioned that uh you you work with uh, you, you transitioned to asco at some point but yeah. what drove you to this kind of functional programming uh was this kind of an accident or did you just try uh different languages and find that uh, this type was more appealing than others um, well, it's actually two things. Um, I was actually a Perl programmer initially, just doing little mm-hmm. scripts for, for various Linux distributions that I had worked on. And I was, I was the one person who was like, oh, I've installed Gentoo. Time to write a Perl script to automate my workflows. <laughs> so, um, but one of the cool things about Perl is that uh, in many cases, it was ahead of it, especially Perl 5 specifically. I'm talking about for Perl 5. Uh, it was a very ahead of its time in terms of the idioms that it built directly into the language, not just the sort of like Perl var or Perl regex type stuff, but the fact that it included things like grep and map 
as a, a built-in function to the language. Mm-hmm. Um, things like which correspond with our map and our filter today. Um, so things like map, filter, reduce were already there in the language for the most part. And mm-hmm. there were a few blog posts that were running around at the time uh, detailing how close the, for instance, like quicksort was with respect to a functional style in Perl and a language called Haskell. And that was where the first brain hooks uh, came in. And uh, I also heard about people like Audrey Tang, who became a, a really big hero for working on the Pugs project, and the, uh, which is the, the Perl 6 compiler written in Haskell. And it was just kind of in the back of my head for you know five or six years. The other thing uh, was my obsession with having programs that I didn't have to write more than once. So I am very, very lazy, and I don't like doing a lot of things, and I don't have uh, an infinite stamina for writing programs. (laughs) So I want to do as little as possible all the time that gets my thought, you know, onto running code, paper, whatever, uh, as quickly as possible with as few revisions. Um, And it seemed to me that a typed specification would be the quickest way to do that. Uh, and Haskell is was sort of notorious for being the language where you can express what you mean to say in types and have fewer bugs uh, at launch because you have bothered to actually specify the, the sort of concretions of what you want in the type language. Okay. Uh, sorry, in the type system. Sorry. So um, that's it for the most part, you know, and then, you know, varying levels of, you know, okay, I'll try OCaml because it's close and I can find a job in in Salt Lake for whatever reason. But then it was Scala because, you know, it's easier to find a job in Scala. And then once, you know, the the Haskell job started showing up, got a job in Haskell. So So basically, laziness drove you to Haskell. (laughs) You're you're in utter laziness. Ironic, because Haskell is a lazy language. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But what what I find funny, you mentioned that uh, the Haskell community kind of brought you into the the space. But at some point, you were actually the first CDO for, for the Haskell Foundation, right? Yeah, so that uh, happened really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, that- I, I, you know, due to my training in Scala and and with folks like you know Tony Morris and Ed Kmet uh, helping me out and basically being mentors for how I develop programs, uh, and then later you know Stuart uh, mm-hmm. and folks like Will and Lars on the team, uh, they are just incredible programmers, and they were wonderful mentors, and I I think I did really well really quickly under their um under their guidance to the point where you know within the first i think two or three years i had released something like 20 or 30 independent libraries uh just on on my own uh, as an open source developer as contributions to the community and then further you know language or sorry uh, application development and library development really seemed to click and uh at that point i was sort of like telling other people how they need to get their shit together. <laughs> and uh, in particular, one guy who happened to exit the community at a really crucial time, I was able to kind of step in and play lead for maintaining his packages and distributing them to various uh, people who cared. Um, 
and it seemed like at that point uh, I had a feel for uh, managing Haskell people specifically within the Haskell community to get them to do things uh, that were in everyone's best interest. And at that point, I was contacted by uh, a few different people, uh, in particular folks like Tim Sears and and Simon Payton-Jones and, and Richard Eisenberg, uh, who are all sort of very uh, early on in this concept about um, whether or not uh, there should be funding for the Haskell ecosystem to do projects like what we had already been doing um, and sort of like pay people to organize things that benefited the community. Um, and at that point, and this is in like 2020, I think, yeah, 2020, um, I started to chair what was then known as the Haskell Foundation Working Group, uh, working to raise money uh, with Tim and working to build out the various sort of organizational uh, fiddly bits with uh, other people who were working on the project uh, and leading the sort of volunteer effort to to get the website up and, you know, the corporate structure up and uh, also, you know, us to a point where we could launch in November of that year. Uh, and then at that point, I was expecting to be something like the executive director of this nonprofit <laughs> that we had created, uh, but they had chosen somebody else who could focus on the fundraising aspect specifically and decided to grant me the um, the CTO role of that foundation okay. so I could help steer Haskell in a, a technical direction that we had kind of decided would be best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a year and change, so it was actually roughly two years that I was working with the Haskell Foundation uh, for that latter year. Uh, I was doing it in a formal capacity as an executive for the foundation. Um, yeah, but after around a year, you know, I decided, you know, I'd had enough politics. <laughs> so okay. I decided, um, you know, Stuart always had the door open to come back. Uh, I, I did leave um, Kadena for roughly a year in order to get this done. Uh, okay. uh, and I was asking how you were managing both but uh, okay, I, I got it. So you, yeah, you left Kadena? I had to take actual time off to do uh, the CTO thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we got the foundation to a point where it was kind of self-driving. And then I said, okay, I'm coming back to, to Kadena and I can apply my skills, you know, back at Kadena and build a team specifically for PACT. And yeah, now you're the lead, the lead for, for the PACT um, yeah. language. And it's a lot can of you... fun. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk about that fun. What what is that you that you have to do uh, for Kadena in terms of of the packed language and what what are kind of your functions and your day day to day uh, life in Kadena? Uh, okay, so we we cover a few different places. Um, on one hand, we have the language written in Haskell. You know, the underlying interpreter, the the you know built ins and providing sort of native functions for people to interact with uh, as they write smart contracts in the, the syntax that defines PACT, right? Um, so working on the language itself. Uh, two, we work on the PACT service as it integrates with Chainweb. Uh, now this is the sort of uh, transaction execution layer, mm -hmm. as well as the checkpointer and the uh, the various uh, sort of like mempool interactions that are required for the PAC service to run. Uh, 
Uh, and then three, we manage these smart contracts that define Cadena's sort of root namespace contracts that we provide for everyone for free. Yeah. Uh, things like the coin contract. Um, Stuart and I, uh, as well as uh, Key Kuhn and a few others, wrote the first coin contract. And then subsequent updates came from Stuart, myself, um, other folks like Kikun, and uh, um, in in various iterations. So I think we're up to like V five now, where we just fix little bugs, and we you know at every fork we kind of just uh, make sure that we're back compatible, and you know we have sort of like a very uh, optimal implementation and that kind of thing, right? So we we maintain the secure and the uh, optimal smart form of the smart contract that defines okay. the coin. Uh, two, we also manage things like the namespace contract. So, if, you know, organizations, you'll start seeing things like uh, cadex dot, you know, some module dot whatever. Um, that namespace cadex is something that we manage sort of like an ENS um, mm -hmm. where people can, uh, right now, people have to kind of come to us and say, hey, I want this this namespace. And we say, okay, we'll reserve it for you with our, you know, our credentials and then pass on the uh, ownership of the namespace to that person. Uh, we are working on automating this, so it is going to be decentralized in the future. But that's cool. um, that's that, that, right that's now, something I wanted I wanted to talk about as well because you know it's what community always uh, bugs us about. Like, oh, but if if Cadena yeah. has to to authorize, it's not decentralized. And I'm like, yeah, but they're they're working on on automated that automate that I, I believe, and so. How, how far do you think that's that is right now? That'll be here in a month. Okay, one month. I'm working on it right now. <laughs> so. You know, this is this is this is this will be published. Now you got to keep it. It will be. It will be. No, we we've okay. committed to it for the next uh, the next fork. So, okay. Um, that one was definitely a wart that uh, you know we we didn't realize we were going to uh, run into so many problems with. Uh, time and ability to rotate uh, ownership of those particular namespaces uh, as quickly as we did. So right now we're, we're trying to work on a way of just people getting their own namespaces. So. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Um, from all of this that you're telling me, anything that you're working on right now that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, so there's a bunch of cool stuff. Um, so one of the things that I was brought on to do as lead for Pact is lead Pact. Um, <laughs> cool figure, right? <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So historically, we've had uh, an ecosystem in Pact, which consists of I think like one or two development environments. Um, we have a REPL, uh, the language itself, and then various things like maybe chain weavers built in IDE or something mm -hmm. where you can deploy and dry run smart contracts um, right there from the wallet, which is a fantastic little tool. But um, Pact itself was written in a way that was very quick to delivery and uh, didn't really consider from its inception a design which would be geared towards external tooling. Um, so this is really important because uh, if you're building a language, you want people to use the language. And you have to think about tooling from the get-go in order to you know, make the development experience actually uh, 
pleasant for people who are writing these smart contracts. So think like Solidity has things like Truffle and various like LSP implementations and nice syntax highlighting. All these things go into a language that people want to write that they can familiarize themselves with and learn and execute within. Um, so we are working on a kind of V2 of the language right now. And I dropped something, something in like uh, 2020, maybe 2019, I think. Uh, no, it was 2020, um, where I was working with Polkadot to try and get something called Pact Core uh, on, on the, uh, the Kusama chain, I think it was. We were going to have a parachain and we were going to interact with it. And, uh, you know, that would be our integration with Polkadot, right? You could run packed mm -hmm. programs over that. But one of the requirements that they had for us was like, it has to fit in a certain tiny amount of memory. It was like 100 kilobytes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it has to compile down to WASM at the end of the day. And we were looking at the language and going, there's no way. <laughs> there's no actual way we can do that. Um, not only because Haskell is gigantic, but also because... Uh, the interpreter is so entangled with the rest of the language that uh, it actually wasn't feasible from an engineering perspective without rewriting a lot of the components of the language. Um, so I ended up writing this long, like 10 page uh, paper about what that would look like if we did it. <laughs> and um, Polkadot accepted it. So technically we are still, you know, in grant phase with Polkadot and, uh, you know, whenever they Fakusama. want to yeah, Still for yeah. Kusama, yeah. Um, and I wanted to implement that in particular, which was basically a um, a surface syntax distinct from a core, what we call a core language, which was a sort of minified version of the language that could be run through a very small interpreter. And these these interpreters only need to be like 100 lines long. And the core only needs to be like, five or six constructors. Um, so you can have a very concise language that uh, your language compiles down into that is then interpreted in different phases. Um, that would allow us to basically not only uh, fix the sort of entanglement problem with the language, but also run a more optimal interpreter on any chain we decide to integrate with, but also one that um, fits into a very small amount of space. Uh, so thinking about this, I came up with this idea and I gave it to my friend Jose uh, right before I, I um, uh, exited to do the CTO role for Haskell Foundation. Uh, he picked this up and started implementing it in his spare time. <laughs> so the absolute hero of Pact right now <laughs> is currently a, a guy named Jose Cardona, uh, who is a good friend of mine from way back, um, from way back in the Scala days, actually, who we picked up for Cadena. Um, due to him also going into Haskell in a similar uh, trajectory, but also being very friendly and very good person uh, who I could sort of, you know, attest to directly. Um, and yeah, he's just started implementing, uh, you know, not from the paper, just sort of independently. We had kind of like gamed out a few things in a, a separate public repo on my, my GitHub and he just started implementing stuff. And we're finding that as we, implement this packed core idea, we can probably get like a 30x performance increase mm -hmm. in the actual language interpretation phase. Uh, but also we can separate, because we can separate the language implementation out into separate phases, so things like 
going from syntax to uh, like a term language, into core, into a linting phase, into uh, an interpretation phase, we can hook different APIs in at different points and allow uh, tooling to query whatever they need to query. Okay. So toolers can write linters, custom linters for their the, the new language. Toolers have a, a fixed grammar, which is very fast to parse. Uh, they have a an interpreter that is very small and very performant. Uh, and we are looking at things like an LSP, which is now much easier to work with, which is Microsoft's language server protocol, which basically is like a, a Rosetta Stone for any IDE that, that can run it to just, you know, take care of tooling overnight, basically. Uh, so I'm working on that with him. Uh, he is doing 99.999% of the work, <laughs> uh, just as a shout out. Um, so that's something I'm particularly excited about. Um, two, uh, we are working on specifying Pact from a formal perspective. Um, so things like, if you know about um, Mitch Hickok for Tezos or Plutus, um, they are formally verified languages. Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that they have a denotational semantic that people can can run and prove to themselves that their uh, every step of their program is going to be sound. Mm -hmm. uh, we are building one for Pact. Mm -hmm. uh, a recent hire from uh, ICP, I think we grabbed ICP's principal architect, uh, John Wigley. Uh, we have him working on our formal specification for Pact right now, uh, and he will he has been fixing bugs, and he has. Um, once we get a reference interpreter out in his cock code, we can sort of transpile immediately to things like, you know, uh, OCaml or perhaps Rust, perhaps Wasm, oh. and okay. also Target Haskell. So we're going to be, we're going to have a lot of support coming in the next year uh, for various languages, not just Haskell. And so um, for, for those kind of two things that you're excited about. Do you have any kind of timelines? Um, none that I can commit to right now. Packed core is end of year, for sure. For sure. Um, I can't say September or October, because I would have to check with Jose, but <laughs> for sure, end of year. And how, how, much, how much will developers need to adapt to that? Or... Will everything none. just none? Everything will run. <laughs> okay. But in addition to this, also one point I forgot to uh, to make, um, we are listening to the community when they say oh, Lisp sucks to write in. So <laughs> we are providing an alternative syntax, which is more Pythonic, uh, which people okay. can also write in, in addition to the Lisp syntax, if okay. they prefer. And then at some point in the future, if there's a critical mass of Pythonic smart contracts will probably look at deprecating the uh, the Lisp syntax. Okay. Yeah. I think some some people will be sad to hear that. Some will be very happy. <laughs> yes, um, the two people will be sad about the Lisp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's maybe talk a little bit about Kuru. Um, Kuro, so it's yeah. yeah. So uh, people were very excited about Kuru. Um, because you know, community has made a lot of um, claims about TPS, and how uh, I'm sure you've seen all of the of the memes and the and the stuff. But uh, essentially, I 
I believe you need Kuro for for that kind of maximum uh, transactional power, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So the idea was like on every chain you would hook up a Kuro, which granted you a sort of L2 transactional settlement layer, which you could then just sort of post to the chains, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. What I was kind of trying to, to find out uh, with you is, uh, in terms of development of Kuro, h- how far is it? How far ahead is it? And uh, how much do you think uh, developers need to wait uh, before they can really dig in and start using it in, in their in their dApps? Yeah. So we do hear people asking for an up-to-date Kuro. And we have had some internal discussions between uh, a few of us about what it would take. And I have actually... Uh, PR up on the Kuro GitHub, taking a look at getting the build up to date and what it would take. Um, and it doesn't seem to be like a ton of work. Uh, the problem is finding man hours and time to do it. So currently there is an appetite in Kadena to actually do this. Whether or not uh, we can find the time is going to be determined by the level of priority that we are mm-hmm. given for tasks for the next kill switch. Um, and I think discussing it with folks like Jay Quinn, um, we can find probably some time to update it between now and the next, next kill switch. So probably not September, but probably just after that, we can probably dedicate some time to okay. it. Um, it doesn't take, like, it's not a big job, but it is a job. It is a job where we have to update some some like serialization formats, which you know, if you're a developer, uh, is a scary prospect. <laughs> and um, it's just it's a lot of bumping dependencies, but it's not so dusty that we can't you know dust it off and things won't work. It's that we want it up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can definitely do that. So we'll we're gonna start prioritizing that hopefully after September. Okay. Okay, that's good to hear as well. I guess end of year is bringing a lot of of cool stuff. It seems. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming. Um, okay, which, you know, we're a little bit more, uh, you know, in on what's happening than the general community, which I realize is sort of pull based, or sorry, rather push based. But we see a lot of really good things <laughs> coming out. Um, so we're all hyped. But we're at a mismatch with the uh, the community right now because everyone. I think one of yeah. one of the critics that community would give, and it, it's sort of in that line, is that there's not a lot of a lot of marketing coming. Right. So, uh, and maybe that's that's why people are a bit in the dark. Uh, yeah, I know you're not you're you're mainly on the on the dev side of things, but uh, can you give us your perspective on? why uh, marketing is on the low and do you think that that will change once all of these implementations come? Yeah. So I think there's a question about whether or not it's going to make a difference. Why market in a bear market? That's the, the thing. Can I, can I just, sure, Go but on the bull market, there was no marketing as well. So <laughs> that's, that's fair. Well, <laughs> that's I, I wouldn't say that. I, I would say we did market, but we did not market, uh, we, we, we put a lot into community building uh, as opposed okay. to sort of general, hey, we're releasing X, Y, Z. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm not a marketer, so I don't I know. know whether or not we can do something better or if we're just kind of 
completely inept. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but from, I can say that since inception, you know, and, and release, the state that we were in 2019 and 2020 was we weren't interfacing with any communities aside from sort of syndicated publications. Um, but now, as I look at the sort of marketing landscape today, I see posts every day or every other day to the point where I have to shut off the, the, the Kadena Discord uh, announcements channel. Um, we have a, a Twitter page, which is constantly posting, which has, you know, a quarter million followers at this point compared to 10,000 when we launched. Um, we have tons of people talking on places like, you know, Telegram and 4chan. And yeah, we can do a little bit more uh, outreach in terms of some of those communities, but I do see a steady improvement in, in uh, viewer, uh, what's the word for giving attention? <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, remember. I, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Uh, in, yeah, but engagement in engagement, engagement. Um, okay. to the point where people are sort of digesting our, our, our notifications and our announcements and things. And they're just like, okay, what's, what's next? And then they have to wait a day. And it seems like there's, there's a lot less than there is. Um, you know, you go to the, uh, the Kadena discord right now and let's see, you know, there's a, we had a thing yesterday. We had a thing the day before. Uh, the day before that, the day before that, the day before that, two days before, four days before that. Okay. Nice. So we had a three day period where we didn't post anything. Um, so I think when you look at other communities, such as people like Cardano, they have a lot more people shouting a lot more things. And Cadena is still relatively small as an ecosystem. And we don't have people who are, or projects that can fill that gap yet. Um, I see the marketing situation getting much better as projects come to fruition and launch and continue to get grants and that kind of thing from our mm -hmm. ecosystem fund, um, who can, you know, we can shout as well. Uh, so things like, you know, CADEX or KDA Bets or DNA, the Marmalade folks, you know. Uh, KD Launch and KD Swap. Yeah, KD Launch, KD <laughs> Swap, uh, you know, Babena. <laughs> It could all, uh, you know, contribute to this, you know, critical mass of, of marketing stuff. You know, I, I would challenge the idea that um, folks like Cardano are putting out updates constantly and marketing constantly. I think it's everyone else who's doing it. If you look at their shills and you look at their, their projects, they're doing a ton of the marketing. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, like a year and a half ago, there were no projects there as well. And yeah. they were already very high in market cap. And that's something that I... So, yeah. But look, I don't want to digress too much, but it's something a little bit weird. Uh, yeah. But let's not let's not go into that. that part. So, But I actually agree a lot with you in, on the uh, eco ecosystem stance that when we have more uh, applications, it will be a lot easier to get attention from people, right? Because... In essence, what brings people to an ecosystem, it's their 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 apps, right? It's what exactly. people want. What so people I think do? that's. And uh, do you see us, uh, or in this case, Cadena, going to like a top ten contender on on market cap, if we have this ecosystem blooming, like in the next bull run, maybe in two or three years? Top ten? That's going to be really difficult. I could see that in the next five years. 
um, conservatively, but I also can't predict the future. We did go to 30 uh, way faster than we were anticipating. Oh, um, Kadena went to top 30 at some point? Uh, no, we, we went to uh, like $30, uh, like $28. Oh, okay. 28, 28, yeah. Um, <laughs> we did end up, I think, max something like top 40 or 40, 42 or 43, I think, maybe. Um, so it is possible. It 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 is definitely going to be a situation where in the bull run, we have to have people delivering and we have to show that, yes, the blockchain can handle project development and people, we do bring a, a, um, uh, a valid sort of market value into the industry and people can use us to build their, their, uh, you know, their solutions. Uh, that remains to be proven. I think before it was probably, you know, a lot of speculation. Uh, but now we're starting to see with the ecosystem fund and with uh, a few projects actually delivering like, you know, CADEX in seven days here, uh, we'll start seeing more and more interest and more and more buyers and um, uh, more interaction with the community as well. Yeah. Um, I could see I could see us being top 10. Absolutely. If not top 10, top 20 for sure. Yeah, let's go. Um, Now, one of the things you mentioned, things like high market cap from the beginning. A lot of the time, you know, this is because people raise a ridiculous amount of money from VC and Mm -hmm. have, you know, these gigantic market making contracts uh, to start before they even launch. Like Cardano famously kind of did this. Um, We do not want a situation where we accept VC funds and end up beholden to our VCs uh, who can then sort of rug pull on everyone in the community. We are more organic than that. We are looking for organic growth and we are looking for actual development and minimizing the risk to the end consumer uh, who wants to invest in the Kadena project. I think that kind of stems from the fact that Kadena is a proof of work um, consensus mechanism, right? So. Uh, in a proof of stake, you need to raise funds somehow. So you, you kind of sell the tokens at first. And uh, on Karena, it was a fair distribution for the most part. So I think that's 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 where, where it comes up. Uh, speaking of proof of work and proof of stake, do you do you have any any thoughts on that? How do you how do you feel? I I think there's a mismatch in incentive uh, between proof of stake chains that raise through VC funds and the fact that the richest people in the network control the liquidity in the network. I don't like, yes, it is a wonderful sort of greener solution to uh, certain problems, but you end up in a case where VC and and folks who are buying in uh, really don't contribute that much and are just kind of like waiting for the opportune moment to exit with, you know, as much money as possible. Um, whereas in a decentralized network, it takes it's a little harder to uh, to get like a mining farm started up. You actually have hardware invested in the project. You have you know man hours in terms of the ASIC design that you actually fronted money to get, um, and anyone can enter if they have those skills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they can you know take out a loan or something. Um, I think. Proof of stake scares me <laughs> because of that. Uh, I haven't seen any truly successful proof of stake projects yet. 
despite the hype. I have seen very success, and by successful, I mean long-term secure uh, projects in the same vein as something like a Bitcoin or an XMR or you know, even something like Litecoin. Um, but I have seen proof of work stand the test of time and stand the test of security. Um, and Kadena focuses on being a really efficient implementation of proof of work. So I think uh, as far as like, you know, whether or not we're contributing to the heat death of the earth uh, is debatable. We are a green chain. We are noted, notably one of the greenest, if not the greenest proof of work chain uh, in existence, according to, you know, like Crypto Whisper. Um, and, you know, we provide incentives for people mining uh, with green energy. We, we are proud to sort of fund that kind of work. Um, so I don't see a long-term problem for us in this sense. I see a problem for proof of stake every single yeah. time because of those incentives. Our incentives are right on. I agree. I agree with you. And to really uh, make the point for um, Kadena, I think what what we need to just finalize with is like there's other layer ones that use Haskell based uh, languages, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel that Pact has an advantage or disadvantage with the other competitors in the market? Ah, uh, um. So for one, we have a not a novel, but a very sort of like battle tested set of features that we derive specifically from studying other languages. So things like, for example, Plutus um, existed long or sorry, around the same time as Solidity and uh, were in development with a fixed feature set, with a fixed sort of um, idea about how the world should be according to six or seven years ago. Pact has been in continuous development in terms of its semantics and feature set and and uh, you know real world sort of production testing um, for the past three or four. Um, so I think you know while I do respect other you know Haskell projects in the ecosystem and I, I definitely see their value for Haskell the language. Um, just looking at the general sort of um, state of how people have been able to integrate, for instance, DeFi with those languages and seeing the very negative feedback that we have not experienced. Um, I think that Pact kind of wins in that sense. You know, we take feedback from real world people with real world problems instead of trying to specify everything before it goes out into production and then finding out that nothing works. So for us, I think we're in a very good position. <laughs> okay. Uh, but something that comes along with what you're saying, like Pact is, is um, on constant development, right? At mm -hmm. some point, you need to stabilize it, right? So, uh, for example, I, I'm creating a protocol and people want it to be safe. So uh, they want me to relinquish ownership of the, of the smart contract, right? Mm -hmm. But if Pact keeps get, getting updates, I cannot do that right now, right? Right, so, right. so my, my application tomorrow wouldn't work and I couldn't do anything about it. Do you, do you think that at some point you'll have like a stable uh, version and you won't need to do anything and uh, we kind of get the full decentralized um, experience from that? I think so. I think so, yes. And I think that will come with Pact Core. Um, 
the only thing we've really been doing uh, in PACT for the past six months has mostly just been bug fixes and adding additive features. So things like principal accounts, like K accounts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like breaking changes go, um, things that like really fundamentally change the language, I don't think we've seen that many, if any, this year. Um, some something about cross trans transfers, cross chain transfers at some point. Oh right, right, okay, yeah. So there was that's 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 a smart contract problem, less a, a language problem. Mm-hmm. I think we added uh, an additional interface which gave you an event for uh, cross chain transfers, mm-hmm. which is slightly different. That yes, we plan on stabilizing the coin contract. Um, going after this one, actually, we plan on not having any. Uh, changes to the coin contract unless absolutely necessary because we do realize we have we have been listening to you guys and we say you know okay we've been forking a little bit much but we've gotten up to the fifth iteration and we feel it's a very stable contract we probably don't need any more on that end now we can just focus on making sure the language is optimal and uh once i think namespaced uh uh i'm sorry principal namespaces goes in uh we should be all done in terms of features for the most part. Yeah, that's gets very good to hear. But I, I do understand that you you don't want to settle for something that it's not there yet. So yeah, uh, if it's just wrong, it's just wrong. You know, yeah, it's make better sense. to fix it earlier. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to NFTs real quick. Yeah. So Marmalade, um, yeah. Marmalade. So there's been some some. I've heard some community members, or developers in this case, asking. Where where is Marmalade? But at the same time, someone is replying that it's done. Can you give us some context in that? Is it yeah, finished? Yeah. So, okay. Here's a distinction that will not make the community happy. <laughs> um, all of the necessary infrastructure for Marmalade has been live for months. Uh, we're working <laughs> on making the dev experience more friendly, providing uh, sort of like abstractions and working with people. Uh, to get them the abstractions that they need, as well as, you know, sort of example code that people can, um, not cargo cult, but work into uh, a shape that best fits their use case. Um, But we're also working on documentation for Marmalade, as well as um, getting the JavaScript front end uh, up to a usable uh, point where we can sort of, you know, give this to community and say, hey, look, this is for everyone of any expertise level. but building on Marmalade, because we don't have these things uh, available already, or they're partially done, is still an expert level dev experience. So you can mm-hmm. dig into it and you can learn the, the smart contracts, uh, but it is not quite at Hard. a point where we're happy with um, people just, you know, and people can just have it, right? So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that when we deliver something, it is both professional and accessible as well as useful and the usefulness is being worked on the professionalism is part of the polish that comes from interacting with people who are doing uh sort of like very early dev as well as the accessibility part which is coming in the form of documentation and javascript libraries interface with it so on the way already here but under in like a polished phase yeah okay more documentation and easier experience for for developers that's good. But yeah, you can you can go and take a look at the contracts already. 
And we already have people who are working through the contracts who have raised, uh, for instance, KIPS, uh, Kadena Improvement Process uh, Initiatives. If anyone wants to go and see the KIP <laughs> uh, <laughs> GitHub uh, repository, people have been logging issues and questions that have been very good that I or other people are answering. Um, having to do with Marmalade specifically, actually. Okay. Uh, so if you want to get in on those discussions, feel free to raise an issue or comment on any of the uh, open issues. We'll uh, leave the link in the in the description for people who want to jump in and, and yeah. see what's going on there. So what uh, what's your opinion on NFTs and particularly in Kadena? What what kind of value do you think they can add to to people in general? Right. So I get NFTs. I think they're fantastic ways of uh, representing things like, you know, luxury good attestation or or like art or other collections, even things like real estate, right, where there may not be a concrete, uh, you know, number associated with the, the, uh, the property. Um, whether or not I think they're a good thing <laughs> is entirely a, a, a separate conversation. I, I think those use cases are fantastic. Um, and I think Kadena is working on uh, bringing, let's see, so bringing projects that can really make use of the NFT concept that aren't just like crypto meme, you know, monkey nonsense. Eight. Eight-bit images, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care about <laughs> shitty meme apes or or people just like, hey, look, I minted an NFT and it's my terrible CGI art, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know, I I want to use NFTs for what they're actually intended for, which is things that are sort of like physical goods that maybe don't have a concrete, uh, you know, dollar sign associated with them. Things that are not necessarily fungible. Um, and I would like to avoid all the nonsensical meme markets, or at least if somebody does do it, it's not the Kadena team. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you can so, you can tell that other uh, people uh, build, and they they have, and yeah. so far it's been successful. So that's good, at least. Like we we honestly have one of the best NFT platforms in the business right now. We are very low on gas. It is not difficult to mint. Uh, you know, artists can put their their works up as needed with very low fees, which is a fantastic uh, bar to set for other NFT projects. You go to something like Ethereum where it costs hundreds of dollars just to mint a particular NFT. We don't do that. <laughs> and we're more performant. And you can do it uh, with a series of primitives that you know, eventually will be launched and people will be able to just, you know, build on it. But, you know, we're focused on bringing a new platform and a new way of doing NFTs that isn't just going to be cookie cutter with the rest of the industry. Nice. Um, nice. So where is Marmalade? In a good place. It's currently being polished. Uh, okay. But you can look at it right now and get started if you wanted to build on it. So okay. it's okay. just you're not going to have a lot of help. <laughs> or... <laughs> do want help you can you can talk to one of us you gotta hit the the, the head on the wall a lot of times right, right. so and to, uh, to to speak to you the best way is that kips that you were talking about right or uh, that's if you have particular initiatives you actually want to uh talk mm -hmm. to to us about um so things like commenting on what the polyfungible standards should be so think like the erc process okay 
that's Kips for us. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, and actually, somebody actually made a, a, actually a wonderful um, issue talking about NFTs. Uh, I think it was the Kitty Cat folks uh, talking about how we can sort of like split our, our interfaces out into sort of supplementary event-driven interfaces that people can mm -hmm. opt into as opposed to, you know, being part of the, the main contract and that kind of thing, which really helped our thinking uh, on whether or not we should um, split certain features out as a, uh, a point of principle. Um, and that's shout an ongoing out to the Kitty Cats team. Yeah, shout out to Kitty Cats. I love the art. <laughs> as much as I just said, I hate the fucking <laughs> meme apes. Uh, I, I love adorable things. <laughs> so, <laughs> good job. Um, yeah, so feel free if you want help. The Discord is probably the best place to do it. The team uh, has been trying to get more involved with that, but you can imagine 2,000 people, 90% uh, of which are perhaps a little uh, weird, uh, hitting us up for... <laughs> help in, in various different ways. I got burnt out with it very quickly. So if you want, uh, you know, PM me or, or at me in the, the packed channels and just say, hey, I got I got a problem. Can we take it to DM or something? And I'm happy to work with you. Awesome, um, awesome. But, you know, scale is difficult. Uh, there's lots of people that can help. We're always yeah. happy to. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. So uh, to, just to wrap it up, um, a personal opinion of yours uh, would be cool on the um, ecosystem as a whole. So how, how have you seen the Karina ecosystem grow? Uh, ah. Were you expecting it to be faster, slower? I was expecting it to be a little faster, but I think we learned, I think, I think it's actually a really good thing that we took our time and we got maybe a, a year of just fixing things and listening to people's feedback before we actually started going up. Um, we fixed so many bugs and avoided so many problems in those years when we were kind of under the radar that we really got to lock down our systems and our smart contracts and our ways of thinking about uh, things like the language and marketing and how to build out our ecosystem that I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. You know, these are very important years where it kind of sucks a little bit to be a Cadena investor uh, at first. But, you know, if you were on very early, we were at, when we were at like seven cents, uh, you're very happy now. <laughs> um, and likewise, I've seen, you know, us go from, you know, 50 cents to, you know, seven cents to, you know, 30 cents to, you know, two bucks. And that's we're kind of hovering right. here. And to be honest, that's a net improvement of roughly, you know, 20% or sorry, 200%. No, not 200%. I'm dumb. 20 from 50? Sorry. <laughs> from seven cents? Uh, yeah, from seven cents. Yeah, so I'm like, idea. all right, you know, we we carry this on for another, you know, year or two, maybe with some, some better growth curves or maybe some better constant factors. And we're looking at a very solid foundation for everything. You know, we've got a solid platform. We've got a solid language. Uh, our ecosystem fund is really focusing on solid projects. And we're fit to deliver, you know, end of year this year and all of next year. And that's going to be our year 
timed perfectly for the bear or sorry the uh, the, the bull, uh, bull yeah. market. So I think things are going to be very very positive here in the next year and a half to two years, um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I am too. I am too. I think there's a lot a lot of stuff coming. Uh, still a lot of stuff that I, I want to see uh, coming to Cadena, and that's kind of what what I want wanted to ask you as well. Is there any project that you would love to see on Cadena that you can compare with other chains? With other chains? Um, hmm. Or that you don't see anywhere and you think it would be cool to have on Cadena? Let's see. So I would really like to dunk on Vitalik and get us ZK rollups and all the fun zero-knowledge stuff. And we've already started working with a lab to do that. <laughs> so I, I think I posted something on Twitter. Elect like, Electron? Elect yeah, Electron Labs. So we Electron. we got really stoked on the idea that, oh, wait, Kuro can be a, a fun layer too. But also, uh, if we wanted to get ZK stuff, we're actually at a prime point where we can we can get rollups integrated with the blockchain, or at least the primitives uh, needed to start integrating things like rollups. With the blockchain, um, can so you we're... sorry can, for the for the people who have no idea what that is? Can you give us a little bit of a context? What zk rollups are? Yeah, think about batched transactions and evidence of those transactions succeeding. Um, so, if I were to execute 100 transactions off chain, but I wanted to prove the fact that they were in fact executed and store that in just a small hash and mm -hmm. throw that on chain, that would be the idea of what ZK rolls can do. And, and okay. the whole zero knowledge part is kind of like the, how do you build that hash in such a way that, you know, other people can kind of uh, Trust it. validate it without, you know, messing with the initial conditions and, mm -hmm. and prove that those transactions actually did in fact happen. Um, so it's just a way of getting over the fact that, uh, so for instance, Ethereum was trying to do this for a very long time. Vitalik had written tons of stuff about it, um, and it just wasn't feasible, except it is feasible in Kadena. Um, we just have the infrastructure ready for it, <laughs> actually, so we could just nice. roll out with it uh, and start working on it. So I'm, nice, I'm happy nice. about that. Okay, and that's, that's a good note to end uh, future... Uh, beating of Vitalik, that would be nice. Uh, yeah. Emily, thanks a lot for 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 joining me, and yeah. for giving us all these amazing timelines. I, I'm I'm excited for the end of year. It seems that a lot is coming. Uh, anything you wanted to share with the community? Any links or any uh, other stuff that you would like to to share with them? Uh, I think just a few in terms of uh, where you can find us, uh, and various repos that maybe people weren't aware of. There's, um, if you look at the Kadena IO GitHub, there's the Kips repo, there's Marmalade, uh, there's Pact and Pact Models. Uh, the chain with Node is up there. If you wanted to take a look at the community scripts and maybe, you know, because they do need love, uh, maybe do a little open source work if you're looking to get familiar with the, the, uh, the Kadena ecosystem. There are the Kadena, e Kadena community repos uh, on GitHub, okay. just search for Kadena Community. Uh, there's lots of good stuff there. Some of it's out of date because we've been busy. But um, if anyone wants to pick those up, you are absolutely free. And uh, the less you rely on us, the better. Okay. <laughs> because we are busy. <laughs> okay. um, 
but we are happy to to help guide any of that stuff. Um, you know where to find our Telegram, our Discord, uh, our Twitter. Um, my handle has changed for Twitter. It is now at Waffle Pirate. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Well, uh, it was a pleasure having you here, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to do this again uh, later. Yeah, thank you. To check up on all of the of the cool stuff that are now live on Karina in the future. I'm happy to do this anytime. I love giving podcasts okay. and updates and things. And, you know, awesome. if you can't get one of like Stuart or Will, feel free to just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I will. Thanks and see you later, guys. Bye. Peace. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.